Hello, hello. Ooh, nice. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> How's everyone doing here? I'm fine. Uh, at least Jan's fine, right? <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good to be back here. How's your guys' day been so far? It was good. We were in the school. Yeah. With the kids. Yeah. Yeah, and now we had some good lunch. Of the leftovers from yesterday from City Mew. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so right it was on. good. So maybe for those listening, they're like, what are they talking about and who are they? What, what, what is the show? Like, what's going on here? It's the Manny show. <gasps> and it's weekly on this radio. And we will just um, talk about faith and mm. Bible and our own experiences with God. So, so cool. Yeah. So cool. So, yeah, Manny show on Shea Radio. And Shay, for those that are not Faroe speakers, means seven, the number of heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So if you are listening on the radio, keep on doing so. Drive safely wherever you're at. If you have a chance, you could jump on to Shay's Facebook page. We're live streaming it there as well. You can uh, comment and say hi to us. There's a few that have already joined us. Hello there on Facebook Live. Thank you for joining us from wherever you are. In fact, right where you're writing and where you're watching, whether it's here on the Faroe Islands, what island, or, and if you're in another country, what country? Yeah. Cool, cool. So we're going to go ahead and play a song. When we come back, we will jump into the subject. Here you go. This is uh, Lo-Fi Worship Volume 3, The Same God. That was my famous lo-fi playlist that you guys love so much. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so for those just joining us, this is the Manny Show on Shea Radio. And I got my friends from Pace here that are with us for an entire year. They give us their whole 
a year of their life. Think about that, guys. A year of your life is ours. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and you can never get it back. <laughs> this way. But we're, we're, we're actually doing a lot. It's, it's really nice to know that we're able to contribute so much to building God's kingdom and just, you know, helping the local church and, and society. Do you guys enjoy it? Are you, are you having a yeah. good time? Yeah. And it's yeah. nice that now it's our, we're here for two months until now. So mm-hmm. now we have almost a full schedule. Yeah. So it's being, now it's starting to get even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because in the beginning, there's a, a few gaps, but we were like, you know, we're trying, because we're pioneering for those uh, not knowing what we're talking about. PACE is an organization that puts young missionaries uh, in, in different countries, but they, they, they give a year to help the local church reach into the society they, the way that they want to, the passion, the vision that the church has for society. We help them fulfill that alongside of them. And so we're partnering with City Church and um, you guys are um, helping in City Church, of course, of course, but you're also uh, in the local schools. Well, what, the biggest one, actually, the biggest elementary school, primary school. That's kind of cool. And you're at a boarding school. And uh, what else are you guys doing? Oh, you're here on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? I don't know if you said uh, City Mew and Link. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then in City Church, we're, we're doing the youth work for the young preteens, third to seventh grade. And so if you have a preteen out there that's in the grades, the classes of third to seventh grade, every Thursday we meet at City Church and have a good time, have a Bible study, eat together, all that wonderful stuff. Uh, and that's every Thursday from six to eight at City Church. And then Wednesdays, what, what goes on on Wednesdays? Our meeting. City Mill. City Mill. (laughs) (laughs) And that is a great uh, service that City Church is doing for the city where they make a a very nice, complete dinner for families, as well as a a table for the kids to make their lunch for the next day. And um, the numbers are growing. Like, I put out the sign-up on Mondays or Sunday nights, and um, it's, it's full, like... Because we could only handle so many. So our dream is to find a way to expand it. But, I mean, for now, it's, I think it's really, really good. Yeah. A lot of food, a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I won't say any names, but there's people, companies that donate food to this. Like yesterday, that food was donated by a company. And that's just so awesome of them to want to do stuff like that. They believe in what we're doing for the city. So, especially with inflation and everything costing so much nowadays, like this is a really great thing that we're trying to do to help families. So amen. Yes. And amen. Cool. So, so what are we getting ourselves into here this month, you guys? So we are like, as Manuel said, we are part of an organization, uh, PACE and it's a missionary organization, but there's a lot of countries. I think it's 16. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and growing. And on November, we all studied the like the same part of the Bible, uh, so we are studying the same subject all over the world. The world, and this week we studied about like the disciples being chosen. Mm. Why are the chosen chosen? I think is the topic. Yeah, yeah. it's about those disciples. So, why why are the chosen chosen? Just just with that phrase right there what do you think that means that, i mean you already did the study so that's not fair okay i'm gonna like you know um men in black whenever people saw aliens they said just, yeah flash i'm gonna flash you real yeah. quick <laughs> flash okay why are the chosen chosen i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> chosen what does chosen mean <laughs> oh my goodness but like I don't know if you could be abstract about it. What or, you know? What does that mean for you? Why are the chosen chosen? Anybody? Uh, I think it's because Jesus knew the whole uh, process, what uh, he will go through, his death, and that he will go back to the Father, mm-hmm. and so uh, he needed like people who continue his work, mm. and yeah. so he chose like disciples or people from who he 
thought that they could be like able to do it and if Jesus thinks that they are able they are able yeah. so yeah so so we're going to be talking about the ones that Jesus chose to continue the work that he was doing or that he did here on earth for them to continue we also know maybe as the church yes yes very good so okay we're going to read a passage and uh, today we're going to we have this system that we do in pace about bible study and it's called haverim which means to study with someone else so this is about studying together and i think did you say that they're doing this this devotion or this subject all over the world yeah yeah so i mean that's kind of cool to know all november's in 16 different countries groups of people are studying the same thing we are and so this week we're going to focus on just the context you know the background of of this passage that we're going to read in a bit here and just so we can get an understanding of you know you know, and, and try and answer this question or have a good discussion about why, you know, why are the chosen chosen? Why did he choose these 12 out of all others, right? Um, so, yeah, if you have your Bibles with you out there, uh, we have ours here, and we're going to be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 12 through 16, and this is an introduction to uh, the disciples. Luke, chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. And it goes like this. One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. (laughs) Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. 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 (laughs) Traitor. Yes. I think it's cool that, like, before he he chose these 12, because he already had disciples following him. He had already called them. They've already been on some journeys with him. But this was, like, to take it to the next level. He wanted to have his core team, right? But before he did that, it says that, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. He spent the entire night praying to God. And then in the morning, he went down and, and then chose. So he didn't do anything without prayer and petition and talking to the Heavenly Father for a big decision like this. But this was the first part that I paid attention, mm-hmm. the, that Jesus had spent the whole night. It wasn't just simple prayer, but he was like, he didn't slept because... It's written that it's the all night and mm-hmm. uh, early in the morning he was calling the disciples. Yeah, and also we can uh, also see that disciples were there waiting, like <laughs> right. So Jesus like, is in the mountain, but the disciples are, didn't go anywhere. And they were there. like, <laughs> we will wait for Jesus. <laughs> what's uh, what's one thing that you guys noticed from this passage? I think I noticed the same, and also um, before those verses. Um, I don't know exactly anymore, but there. Are, um, I think the verse before it says that some of the religious leaders were really upset with Jesus and already they're planned on like killing him or getting him out of the way. Oh my and I think goodness. it's yeah. like so cool that he still is going on. That still like he yeah. spends the night praying and then he chooses his twelve apostles. And I mean, he was just at the start of like his few years of yeah yeah doing his thing on earth and already there it was so so hard but he just kept on of, yeah. dude like i don't know about you but i'd be like okay i need to deal with this so that nobody's hating on me or i need to like hide a little bit or tone it down something he's just like oh i'm gonna go up and pray to the father and choose my 12 <laughs> what about you Jan? what i uh, uh found interesting was like the last one that uh Judas is carried, mm. and then uh, who betrayed him? Yeah, and then uh, I thought first, like, why did he chose someone who will bet- betray him? Because he, then I was like, sure, because he knows that uh, he r- will betray him, and then it's mm-hmm. part of the uh, part of the plan. And so it's somebody has to do it. <laughs> somebody has. To yeah, betray I mean, him. I mean, because it's wow. all like a process with, uh, that he got betrayed and. He get a cat trip by the Romans and yeah. stuff like this, and then he goes um, on the cross. I mean, it it has to start somewhere. Mm. So yeah. maybe this is like where Jesus also accepted somehow 
the fate that God gave mm. him because he could also say like, oh, no, I take somebody from whom I know that he won't betray me. But there's he like he actively che- uh, che- mm. uh, chose to be betrayed in the future. Yeah. You know, there, there's this um, passage about, I think it, he was about 12 years old. And this is the one time that it was like, okay, Jesus didn't do anything wrong. But according to his parents, he was like, he just took off, you know. And it was when they left Jerusalem um, to go back to their hometowns. And they were in this like long carriage thing. And after three days, they realized Jesus wasn't in the group of people going back home. I mean, three days they didn't realize after three days that their son was gone. <laughs> my, my wife would kill me if it was even a few hours. <laughs> Anyways, so then they go back and they, they find him in the temple and he's actually having awesome discussions with, with the teachers of the law and stuff like that. And they're like, Dude, where have you been? You know, we, we, uh, we couldn't find you. He's like, didn't you know I was doing my father's business? You know, I was in his house. But anyways, it says that he, so he went back and was obedient to his parents and he grew in wisdom and favor with God and man. And and so if he had to grow in wisdom, that means he wasn't all knowing. So do you think he knew at that time that Judas was the one that was going to betray him? Or do you think he got that revelation during the time? Um, I don't really know because I think both is possible. But uh, as Daniel said, he prayed... uh, a long time about it, Ooh. and so I think it's. So I think it's. He was sure that it's the right thing to choose him, mm-hmm. and even, and even if he, uh, didn't know, then God know, mm-hmm. knew, and so it's. And if God told him just uh, choose, Judas, then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He he just had a feeling it's right to yeah. take him. Yeah. I mean, and it's good that we now see that it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Still, still quite interesting. So, okay, so we have some, you guys created some questions for us to do, like just to go deeper into the context of this. And that's what we're going to really focus on today. So, Daniel, maybe you can start this off with these first couple questions for us. So, the first one is uh, the difference between a student and a disciple. And what's, what's the difference between a student and a disciple? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I can start answering? Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it so away, bro. The main thing is the student would want to know what the master knows, like have the knowledge, and the disciple is seeking for being like his master in many other areas. Okay. So it's not like just like, oh, I like this teacher, I want to know what he knows and learn. Mm-hmm. It's like I like this teacher, I want to know what he knows and know how to uh, teach how he, how he teaches and know how to see the Bible and the world the way he sees. Mm-hmm. So it's really uh, deeper and with more bind. Yeah, I, li- I like that. That um, a student just wants to know what the teacher, the teacher's knowledge, whereas a disciple wants to be like the teacher. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I would say, like, this is uh, like you would like copy the whole lifestyle of your teacher. Mm. So, for example, I go went to school. I just went to my history lesson, for example, or my German lesson or whatever. And I just the teacher just taught me like what's important in this field. Mm-hmm. But if they were, for example, my um, if I would be like a disciple, I would be like I don't know like the same things they like and also like um, my, ho- my whole personality would be like um, influenced by them mm. so also like the view on uh, on different uh, topics maybe yeah, but yeah. it's just students just one topic yeah 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 I can see that I, I, I the whole you know I guess we'll talk more about that but because I've had the privilege of discipling quite a few people in Denmark and, and here none of them turned out like me <laughs> <laughs> so I hope I did a good job now. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What's what do you what's your thoughts on this student discipleship? I think I don't have that much to add, but what to what Jan just said, I just thought 
normally we're always like, oh, um, everyone is unique. Everyone like it's their own personality. Don't try to copy anyone. But mm. the disciples actually wanted to copy someone else or like become like someone else. Yeah. And I think I don't know. I think it's like kind of outstanding. Mm-hmm. Also, like in the context that, like, when we're disciples or the disciples in the Bible, mm-hmm. they didn't want to copy a person. They mm-hmm. wanted to become like Jesus, so they wanted to become like God. So mm-hmm. that's the only one that we should copy or become like. Yeah. So. No, it's interesting because, like, it doesn't seem like they changed their personality. At least just the way that they responded to different things, they responded that way even in the beginning. So I don't really know if they changed their personality, but you, you, you do know for a fact that their character was changed because after Jesus left and Peter and John were arrested and then they were like in the courtyard defending themselves and they were speaking and everybody there, all the teachers of law, everyone that was there to judge them said, oh, these guys have been with Jesus. Because of just the way that they were speaking, is that they're like, oh, they've been influenced by Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe I have to, uh, to correct myself a bit. Oh, okay. I didn't mean that it's like that you have to copy every aspect. Like, mm. and because I mean, some things aren't that important. For example, I don't have, I don't need to have like the same favorite color than Jesus, or I don't need to. Mm. If Jesus maybe liked dogs more than cats, it's I'm still like a disciple mm-hmm. if I like cats more. So this is not about everything, but I, I mean, it's like in certain fields, for example, how you interact with people, how you um, like respond on things, mm-hmm. this should be like almost the same. Of course, we can copy Jesus because we are not God, but we could try. And this mm-hmm. is what a disciple do. Like in, in the important fields, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are you like yeah. try to be online with Jesus, but in other fields where it isn't important, yeah, it's you can be yourself. Cool, cool. So I, I noticed that, like, we're we've all been talking about. It's quite interesting that he went up to pray, and then he came out and chose these apostles. He already had disciples following him, right? Was this the normal way to to have people first follow you, and then how to choose out of the group of people that are following you to be your close disciples? Is it was that the normal way that the the teachers of law did it? Uh, no, actually not. And I thought about it, how it felt for the people who weren't elected. <laughs> I know, so imagine right? Imagine they're following him like, for almost some years, and then he just say, yeah, okay, come on, go home, I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but uh, usually it was like this, that um, if you want to become a disciple of a rabbi, you uh, have you had to go there and ask if you were allowed to be a student or disciple mm-hmm. and then the rabbi was like um searching or like um needs like people who are deep in the topic they uh had to be like familiar with the scripture and until the, the sixth year of living they had like the uh, should know like the whole um five books of moses <laughs> Uh, by heart. Yeah, by heart, right? Yeah, and stuff like this. So the people should be educated. They should be, I guess, um, probably able to read and write and all the stuff to um, know everything about the scripture. Yeah. So this is, and then uh, the rabbi decides the people who are applicated for it, who of them is worthy, who knows enough, mm. who is has in the personality or like the character to study a lot to uh, remember things mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's it's very hard to go there yeah and also like it's more from the um higher society because um, most people are like fishermen or uh, they don't have time to study the bible yeah yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember where each there's like this um we were learning you know with this devotion series about where he chose and where he could have chose but he didn't chose he didn't choose his disciples he went to like this triangle area of uh, of a place to find these 12 compared to like he could have gone to other places and 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 chosen his disciples but he didn't like i think there was an area where he could have chose where there was a lot of uh, like athletes and and uh, um uh a lot of sports going on and, and there was a, a coliseum there and he could have went there and chose people that are really popular, but he didn't go there. 
you could have gone to another place where there was a lot of political influence and and charismatic speakers and stuff. He didn't go there. And there was even one where, uh, oh, and, and then also in his area where he grew up. You know, he could have chose people that were like, maybe not totally like-minded, but like he could trust because he grew up with. He didn't go there. He went to this triangle of a place where there was a lot of people of, with, of zeal. That's why you see James and John, the father of a zealot, that, that there was a lot of people full of zeal and were considered rebels to, to, the, um, to, to the governmental system. He went there and got those radical type people. That's where he chose his disciples. Yeah. Yeah, I also thought about it because, um, but I, I, I came to the clue maybe that if he would chose people that has some sort of influence mm-hmm. or like some amount uh, like wealth or something like this that he, um, that they are more distracted by uh, their former um, priorities. Like, for example, if I, if, or if Jesus go, uh, went to a rich man and said like who has like a lot of influence and um is well known in the country and mm. has a lot of friends and uh, also political influence and he says like leave everything behind and follow me i, I don't know if this person would say okay because it ha- he has a lot of to, uh, to lose but yeah, if he just go into a poor fisherman and say like come on we do mm. like a trip through um through uh, through, uh, through israel and stuff yeah, yeah. then of course it's easier f- to say I will go with Jesus if you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah, and just going on top of what you were you were talking about, like he didn't choose people of influence probably because it would have been harder for them to let go of what they were doing or, or something along those lines. I was just thinking of the you know the rich man that came to Jesus and said, "What do I need to do uh, to follow you?" And he was like, "Sell everything and come follow me." And he couldn't do it. And then another teacher is like, "You know, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God?" And he told him everything he needed to do. And again. Couldn't do it, so it's like he knew exactly who he needed for this type of challenge, this this mandate, and he like he spent all night praying about it. <laughs> he knew what you know the cost would be, so yeah. No, also uh, he said to the people that they should go out and fish for more people, mm-hmm. and as it is today, that we are mostly listening to people we can connect to. Mm. And if somebody, which yeah. one is going to someone and says like, you have to change your life, yeah, because you are, then everyone will say like, change your, uh, what are you telling me? Yeah. Because yeah. they can cannot connect to them because they are from a very different mm. level of mm. society. But it's like the same, 
some of the uh, same um, class. Yeah. Same but at the same video. time, all the disciples, they were quite different from each other, you know. Uh, yeah, there was a few fishermen. At least four of them were fishermen. But you had a tax collector and you, you had, I don't know what the other people are right now, but you had quite a different background of, you know, job descriptions and, 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 and uh, just who they were and how they, how they grew up. And yet he treated them all the same. Like he sent them all out to do the same things and stuff like that. So that, I, I think that's quite interesting that even though he chose kind of a diverse group of people, like he still treated them the same and believed in them the same and had the man, same type of mandate for, for all of them. Right? Don't you think? Yeah. And uh, I was researching like the, what they worked with before. And we just have information about six. That is the four fishermen, mm-hmm. tax collector, and uh, Simon the zealot that he could be a zealot that that as you said are people that were like revolutionaries. Yeah, yeah. We we don't accept uh, uh, Rome govern uh, controlling yeah. Israel. So and the other six we don't really know. Yeah, and I think that um, the main thing about having the like the simple man, like the fisherman, they wrote this in the Bible, you know? Like, mm. I think it's because it's different. So maybe the other six are kind of uh, normal people that uh, in that days, people will look and say, oh, it makes sense to invite this one as disciples. But the others, like fishermen and tax collectors, it will be like, why did he, <laughs> Jesus chose them? Yeah, so probably, I think that's yeah, why yeah, they yeah. wrote down. Mm. You know? There's especially, yeah. this is like, this is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have the questions in front of you as well? Um, yes. Yeah, I was just thinking that maybe you can help us with the next ones. Um, how was the process? And, and then the next one after that. Maybe you can share with those ones. Yeah, so how was the process to a rabbi to have a disciple? I think we already yeah. talked about that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, or, yeah and yeah. then the next one. And how was the process um, for Jesus to choose the disciples or the yeah. apostles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, it's... We already said that one too, actually. I think it's just the difference that Jesus chose the apostles mm-hmm. and not the apostles mm-hmm. cho- chose Jesus. You you know what's interesting? Apostle. Do you know that word? You know what it means? Yeah. And what, 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 the, what the job title entailed to be an apostle? I think it's a sent, like someone that is sent. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard or like I read something about ambassador or something. Mm-hmm. So this word originated with the Greek empire when they took over lands. And so when they took over a land, they would leave an apostle behind. And he would uh, uh, choose his core group of, of uh, doctors and philosophers and teachers and everything they needed to influence the culture that they took over to be more like the Greek culture. And so then the Romans adopted that idea after they took over the Greek empire. And they liked that apostleship type mentality. So they did the same. So, so to be known as apostle back then was actually a negative thing. And then Jesus says, <laughs> you're my apostles. What do you think about that? Why do you think he shared? Why did he think he used that word for his new disciples? I mean, because the uh, context makes sense. Mm. Because they should influence and they, they should mm-hmm. um, build up like a like the Greek people were like you build like a small Greek in another country, mm-hmm. and Jesus sent them out to build like his kingdom, like not small. You yeah. want to be big, but to be to build like his kingdom of heaven on earth, yeah, and so it makes just sense. And Jesus always um, or often um, does like things that nobody expected, or like yeah. are more with people who are like outcasts. For example, he even took like tax uh, collectors, and so he 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 doesn't he didn't care about um, what people think of him, yeah, like or. Yeah, is there, there is that phrase the upside down kingdom? He turned everything upside down that was considered, 
you know, right or wrong back then. He, he just turned everything upside down and gave it a whole new perspective towards everything. I think that's really cool. Have you seen um, any, any of the Chosen shows from the, from the, from the, you know, the series, The Chosen? Me and Yen, we are planning to watch this because we just saw some parts and it's so nice. Yeah, yeah. So. but there, there's, a, there's a part, I've just seen segments as well, but about Matthew, the tax collector. Poor guy. <laughs> he was hated. Because <laughs> they used Jewish people that were good with money uh, to tax their own people. So people hated tax collectors because they were considered like, you know, traitors. Yeah, but somehow, somehow it's their own fault because sometimes they just took a bit more than they yeah, should. Yeah, of course. Uh, and he probably did too. I mean, he was like, in those days, he was wearing all the nice stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So cool. did a lot of work to be uh, not liked. Mm, yeah. So, okay, we have this question. We kind of went over it, but let's go ahead and if you can read Matthew, or one of you, read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Whoever gets there first. Three, two, one. Oh, man, you guys are slow. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been there like a day ago. <laughs> And this, I think this is the last chapter of Matthew. So it's like the mm. last words, mm. great commission. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wants to read? Go for it. Okay. Um, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Nice. So, after he had his disciples, and then the apostles, then he gives them this mandate, and we're supposed to go and do likewise, or... Yeah, because we need to make disciples. And I think this is so like uh, different that we think about uh, preaching the gospel sometimes. Because mm-hmm. sometimes just like we're counting how many people converted or mm-hmm. how many people said, oh, yes, I want a prayer. I want to change my life. And then sometimes, let's say, in a, mission, a short missionary trip, like we're here, let's say I go to another country for a week, then people convert there, and then I go home and never see them again. Mm. And like, they're not my disciples Mm-mm. and they're supposed to be disciples by someone. So mm-hmm. I think this is a big difference because like the, yes, I, I want Jesus is just the first step. Like all the other steps is through discipleship. Yeah. 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 Like, um, again, there's nothing wrong with going around and preaching the gospel. I mean, it was one of the last things that you read about in the book of Mark. So, and, and Paul talks about it. How can people, you know, hear the message of no one is sent? So we need to be preaching the gospel. But equally, we need to be doing this. Yeah. This whole disciple thing. I mean, that's... And, and I, I'm used to uh, counting. You know, we, we count how many people got saved from this. And totally, nothing wrong with doing that. But, but, my, but I'm getting more and more of a conviction as I... As I, as I continue to reveal God's kingdom, at least personally for me, but how many of those are being discipled? How many of those are we building relationship with to see them and help them on their journey and equip them for, you know, this, this life with Jesus? So, so for you guys, here's this question right here. What does it mean to be a disciple today? I would like to hear from, from you personally. Uh, I would say it's like you um, live in Jesus. You put your power. I like what you need for a living is like the most important thing is Jesus, mm-hmm. and you try to be like Jesus as much as you can mm. in every aspect. Mm-hmm. And um, you also what Jesus will talk about um, God mm. or like the gospel with people, but you also um, do it not like once that you go like on a spot in the city, like stand on a on a box and you scream like uh, you turn to, hev- uh, to heaven because you all will go to hell if you don't do this uh. <laughs> what's it's wrong with doing that 
<laughs> because um, then yeah, like mostly scaring people. But it's uh, mm. so, like you um, have a bunch of people how Jesus had, like, and you educate them, or you like show them how they can educate themselves so that they get like a, um, a deep faith, like mm. a um, that that their roots are in Jesus, not that they are like. So, so, what does it mean for you to uh, to be a disciple today? Uh, to give people like a no for you to be a disciple. Yeah, that I have a deep, uh, like a very complete faith in Jesus. Yeah, and that I um educating myself mm. and let let myself be educated by other people mm -hmm. when it comes to faith and stuff. Cool. Thank just you. to grow. Yeah, in faith. awesome. What about you, Lena? For you, I think it just means for me that. To Jesus, it's my deepest connection that mm. I have, yeah. um, and that I invest in this connection before I invest in anything else. And um, also, I like. I just thought about it like the last days, or like lately, that um, like many. I think everyone probably or most people have a best friend, mm. and I was always like my the best friends that I had were always like. They were really, really important to me. And then lately I'm thinking, about, okay, Jesus wants to be like that, important. that best friend and probably Ooh. be even more important. Yeah. So that's like challenging me because, well, yeah, yeah, that's like really a lot. Yeah. But I want to, yeah, challenge myself yeah. and really, mm. yeah. I like that. What about you, Danny boy? Uh, being a disciple of Christ is trying to, or, not just trying, but seeking to be like him in every area mm. without letting any area escape from this. So, <laughs> yeah, like we need to be 100% committed to mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. and also seeking for being like him and not just to doing things he did, not just being a good preacher or a good healer because there will be people that will get uh, into God and say, God, we did great things in your name mm. and... Let us in, and God will say no. So, <laughs> so it's just—it's not just about doing the no. same things, but it's about seeking for having the same heart as Jesus. Do you feel like you're being discipled right now, uh, by Christ or by a human being? Both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I say yes to both. Yeah, but I, I think this is for the other question. I can right. talk about yeah, more yeah. in the other question. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> for for me, discipleship, um, I I want to be more um, dependent on how I make decisions with his approval of some sort. When I before I do anything big, I would I could say small things too, but I think the more that I'm close with Jesus uh, and more aligned with his his way of thinking towards people and way he thinks about me. I feel secure in making decisions because I know that he's constantly influencing me. Um, but with big things, I, I, I'm so, not scared is the wrong word, but I'm so like, I don't dare make big decisions until I, I'm in his presence and, and I know, okay, Yeah, this is what we should do, or this is what we should not do. So that, that, that for me, that's that's discipleship, and then to allow somebody um, to speak into my life that I've asked, and then not only speak into my life, but like do something with it. You know, it's one thing for uh, asking for me. It's one thing to like ask for advice, but if I don't do anything with it, then why did I even bother this person? You know, so like I have a really good friend. And um, I, I would say that we disciple each other. Um, it's my best friend, Tracy, from, from Denmark. He's American, married to a Dane. And uh, I, I need to hear from him, you know, at least, you know, every month we have a good chat and we pray for each other. I, I need to hear from him and I need to share what's going on in my life and I need to get a response from him about what he thinks about it. And, uh, and then I feel like I'm being equipped. You know, iron sharpens iron. So... That's what, that's for me. That's what discipleship means. Yeah. But you said you wanted to elaborate on this second part of that. Yeah. That what it, does it mean to have disciples mm. nowadays? So in this, more about uh, 
humans discipling humans and not humans. just <laughs> <laughs> people discipling people yeah. mammals uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry so i think the the thing that most i have i know that i'm not doing good on this part is let's say first corinthians 1 1 no 11 1 be imitators of me as i am of christ mm. paul he could say this to his disciples or like he said to a whole church but if he also says this to his disciples mm -hmm. and that's something i don't want to do with my disciples you know like because i still not in the same uh i can say imitate me in every area like paul was mm -hmm. saying mm -hmm. so this makes me understand that Having disciples, it's also about equipping them, but it's also having more uh, acknowledge of how I need to become better and closer to God mm, to okay. change even yeah. more things so yeah. I can, when they say, like, imitate me, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Imitate my humor, Daniel. No. <laughs> <laughs> what if you guys, what does it mean to, to disciple others then? I think it's a great... Um, Responsibility mm -hmm. you have because if uh, yeah. because we say that uh, disciples want to become like their master, and it's like if I would be a master of someone, I have to be like that Daniel said, almost perfect, or I, like I should be like a role model, and then uh, yeah, and I I don't know if it's like uh, if I could do this like now that I have like a bunch of people that are like always looking up to me and say like what would you do there what would you do there and I have to hmm. give them like answers they can they can really rely on of course mm -hmm. so and this is something that we can just do by and God is giving us the right um, words and equipment hmm. just to contain this yeah Lena I think what is like encouraging for me is that actually when we're discipling others, sometimes we only have to be one step ahead of them. Oh man, thank you. Um, it doesn't matter like how far we are in our journey, mm -hmm. but it just matters that we're like one step ahead of them and yeah. we can already help them and point them the right way. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like what is so important that in the end we always point them to Jesus and not to ourselves. Yeah, but I, I love... That just one step. So it does mean that we have to be growing and maturing, but at the same time, it doesn't mean to be that we're perfect and ready and have everything in place. And I, I heard this one, one preacher, he was breaking down the, the Great Commission, Matthew 28. And he says that, that in the English, the grammar says, go and make disciples. He's like, but, but, but the grammar in, in the Greek here, it means as you go, make disciples. So what it means is as long as you are moving, then you should be making disciples. You can't wait. There's no time. The harvest is plenty. The workers are few. Mm -hmm. So to say that, you know, I'm not ready, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we chose this life with Jesus and, and, uh, and his grace, it's a free gift, salvation, um, forgiveness, all of that. We don't deserve it. We got it for free. Um, but it should be transforming our lives so that we can help transform other people's lives as we are maturing, as we are learning more, as we are going, we make disciples. And that's, that's the most important. And, and again, there's no like um, one-time template on how you make disciples because it depends on the season that you are in and the people that Jesus puts in your life is in. And, and it doesn't mean that when you disciple that you have to disciple them for the rest of your lives either. Like, you just do what you can with the time that you have with them because we don't know what's going to happen. And we want to give, we want to grab onto every opportunity that he's given us. It's an honor to be able um, to disciple. San and I didn't feel ready for taking on pace, for example, pioneering it. We knew it needed to be done. We didn't feel ready, but we just said, you know, we got to go for it, even though we don't feel fully ready. And, um, Wow, we are so thankful for, for example, for you guys being in our lives and that we get to um, disciple you guys in some sort of way and, and give you a platform so that you can disciple others. Are we equipped for it? 
<laughs> I don't think so. But I mean, again, it's about pointing them to Jesus, like you said, Lena. And, and that's, that's the key thing. So cool. Yeah. Should we play a song? Come back and then we'll answer this last question. Yep. Yes. So we're going to do some more lo-fi. Jesus at the center. Oh, that's a perfect song. Here you go. disciples so any uh, interesting stories that you've read in the bible that have shown this type of discipleship or and or because we were talking about how like he chose these type of disciples that were not the normal ones that you would choose he chose like maybe simple people or out of the ordinary people what kind of stories have inspired you to say oh okay this is the type of disciple. These are, you know, like, these are the type of people I want God to, like, put in my path to disciple because these are out of the ordinary type people. Got any crazy stories that you... In- yeah, I thought about, like, uh, when Jesus got born, um, the shepherds were the first who came to the... Yeah, right. To the, um, barn where he was, or, like, whatever he were born. He we was- can debate if it was a barn or a cave. Yeah, yeah, right. right. <laughs> Just to his... Uh, <laughs> hospital <laughs> no he was born and they were the first ones who saw him or were allowed to see him and then they also went out and talked about it and stuff like this so they were maybe the first ones who talked about Jesus actually after he was born mm. and then like oh, okay I'll just answer now <laughs> <laughs> thanks <yeah>. so, <laughs> uh, we were talking yesterday about David and Goliath and how David was... Uh, how, how David discipled Goliath? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so just in case you don't know the story, is about how David would, was chosen, not how he discipled. Yeah. Because yeah. So, like, he was a small boy, and everyone, even like the greatest warriors, were afraid of Goliath. Mm. And he was like the one that said, no, let's do it. And he was the the last one that people thought he would fight the giant because yeah. he was the, a small boy. Yeah. So, yeah. And yesterday when we were studying this, I was I shared with the team that the, uh, I can learn with this that sometimes I can't judge people that seem small. Mm. You know, God can use them. Because uh, like, if people saw Manuel... <laughs> Before converting, no. If people knew Manuel before converting, they would be like, "Oh, Ooh. this guy, he will oh. be nothing." <laughs> and now we see, like, great. yeah, what a great man he is now. Oh, thank you. And uh, yeah, and also like Paul, 
Yeah, right. He was like a, persecuting the church. Dude. Yeah, like a cold heart in a way, just mm. looking to the law, no love, and then God changed everything. Yeah. yeah. True. True. Manuel, Paul, mm-hmm. and David. <laughs> <laughs> and the shepherds. <laughs> and the shepherds. <laughs> it's fitting to throw <laughs> in somehow. And the Samaritan woman, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Where did we see that? Oh, yeah, Cedric Tuesday. played yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> that just yeah. like the chosen. Because I mean, we've been talking about discipleship, but it's it's actually rooted in, you know, why are the chosen chosen? And like these people, like David and Paul and the Samaritan women, they were chosen to do something great, and they were just like, yeah. not the typical type that you would choose to do something great like they've done. Another story I thought about could be Moses, maybe, because uh, it was totally crazy that from the beginning, his when the Pharaoh um, decided to kill all the uh, Jewish boys, mm-hmm. and I mean, there he got saved, then through his whole life, it's like, I mean, from there I was sure that he should do something special. Yeah. So this was also, it's far away from Jesus, I know, mm. but still God is like, um, shows people to work for him yeah yeah and at least the, the apostles are also people who work for god actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and jesus yeah is also god so yeah yeah of course moses is a good example don't worry you can use old testament people it's all right i think basically everyone actually yeah you read it <laughs> in the bible because i was like looking at a list and it's like where like mostly everyone in the bible was listed with all their flaws for example abraham he was too old to have a child then Jacob, he was a liar. That is the only way he got the blessing. And then Rahab, she was a prostitute. And David, he was a murderer. Jonah, he ran away from God. So basically everyone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Alina, you just brought it. Boom. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ex-drug addict. Hello. <laughs> Wow, wow, our God is awesome. I'm looking so forward to just dig into this even more about, you know, why are the chosen chosen? So uh, for those listening out there, we're going to close in prayer here. But please, every week we're going to take a different aspect of of this teaching. We're, we're doing a, a, a new approach to Bible study because we want to just uh, help you as we are doing it ourselves to not just know what to study, but to 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 have the how and the and the why you're studying what you're studying. And I think this subject right here, the chosen, will really help us, okay, if they can be chosen to do something great for God, then maybe he can choose me. And maybe he can choose you that are that is listening out there because um, he has a purpose for your life. Yeah. I think God chose actually everyone to do something because he said to the disciple, no, Jesus said to the disciple that they should go out in the world and make disciples. Mm-hmm. It means that God already planned everyone to mm-hmm. be involved in his kingdom. Yeah. And so you should be just ready to do it. Be ready. And and the really cool part is like, you know, you can downplay it by saying everyone's chosen. But yeah, everyone's chosen to do a specific thing. And the body is not complete unless you do what God's purpose is for you and what you do and what you do and what I do. Like we're all called to bring something to make the body of Christ complete and his plan. And that's wow. That that brings the wow factor into it. Amen. 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 Who wants to close in prayer? Daniel. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for being so faithful. Thank you for choosing us. That, uh, like your word says, that you know we're your workmanship, created uh, to do good works that you prepared in advance for us to do. We're your masterpiece. You chose us. You have a purpose for us. It's good, pleasing, and perfect, your purpose for us. And for those listening out there that feel that they're not worthy, well, you know, in the world's eyes, maybe you're not. In your own eyes, maybe you're not. But in the one that created you, you are. You are worthy because of what Jesus has done for us. He has brought worth back into our lives. He's brought worth back into your life. Receive that revelation and then spend time in the presence of God Asking him, here I am, send me. 
and ask him for the purpose that he has for your life. And he will start to guide you and he'll bring people around you to help equip you so that you're not alone on this journey. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. We love you. And um, just be with us every step of the way. We don't want to go anywhere without you. No reason, no point. We want to do this with you because it's all about you. Thank you for loving us first. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys, have a blessed week. Hopefully you will join us for this whole month. And uh, as always, you can contact us if you have any questions, prayer requests, whatever it may be. We'll see you next week. Be blessed. Bye.